Aloha. I'll take all the dick pics. What's up, fam? Kelly Tupas here. Mason was known as like the Steve Sachs of British. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome. We're back from the ballerlifestyle.com. It's the baller lifestyle podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. Thank you very much for joining the show. Episode 351. It's the holiday season. We're talking a classic holiday movies that for sure has gotten every single one of your mothers and grandmothers moist at one point. Think about that. They watch this movie and they see the guy from the walking dead and they get a little juicy. That's, that's just all there is to it. That's just facts. I'm not like trying to be outrageous here. I'm just spitting facts. If I sound kind of weird, it's cause I have stitches in my gums. I had some gum surgery today. <laughs> And I have stitches in my gums. And for that reason, I've eaten soup today, like a, like a fucking shut in. <laughs> I had soup like a true monster. Cause I kind of need to eat soft foods. And I'm, I noticed now that I'm talking a little bit, I'm a little, um, lispy slurry because some of the stitches are directly in the front of my mouth where my, um, not to gross you guys out, but get over it. Uh, so my tongue is actually like again hitting against a stitched up part of my mouth. So that's what's going on. And because of that, I'm I'm going to be sipping a little whiskey during the show, which I never do, and which makes me a bad host or makes me a less a more bad host. But it's just it's just where I'm at. It's it's self care. Uh, you guys may have heard, and I know a lot of you did because you reached out. There's some commercials before. And during the show at points, that is, that's a program we opted into with our friends at Red Circle, some of the better performing shows on their platform get, uh, can opt into a a commercial program. So, um, bear with us, like, don't bitch about it. We do this show every week. We've been doing it for seven years. I believe it's like right now would be the seven year anniversary uh, we've been doing it a long time, and about 1% of the people that listen every month subscribe to our Red Circle page, so we're very grateful for that, but, you know, it's we're a fledgling show. I mean, we're an established show, but we're fledgling at monetizing, so, uh, you know, we're, tr- we're trying to make it happen here, uh, so bear with the commercials. Don't be a bitch about it. Uh, that said, I'm joined now as I am... Oh, wait, before that. That said, join our Red Circle page. Go to the go to the ballerlifestyle.com and click the link at the top of the page. Subscribe to our Red Circle page. Get all our bonus content there. It's five bucks a month, and there's no commercials on those. Uh, I am joined now, as I am always, by Mr. Ed Daly. He's got a book out, Heroes and Jerks. I'm going to buy it for a couple people this Christmas. You should do the same. It's, I'm going to break my one... My rule this year is no Amazon purchases, but I will do one Amazon purchase of my good friend and co-host and partner, Ed Daly's amazing book, Heroes and Jerks. I'm going to buy it for a few people for Christmas. You should too. He joins me now. Ed, what's up? 
Well, thanks for that. Um, I, <laughs> I, I can't tell you how much I don't like Jeff Bezos. Um, yeah, he's a real piece of however, shit. However, you know, uh, just like <laughs> retail, he strangled the book business. Yep. Yep. And I, I tried with yeah, what are you some do? publishers and I did like the independent publishers and I, I reached out and like I got some shitty kind of dialogue and one thing fell through and ultimately it's like yeah I, I'm gonna get in bed with Amazon for this one what do you it makes me the most money. at your level you have no choice it's not right. like you're yeah. James Patterson or Harlan Coben or right. it's like I have People in my life, I mean, lots of people would like to not use Amazon. We have like a a little independent bookstore in Hoboken. Beautiful. And somebody's like, hey, I bought your book there. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, if you bought it on Amazon, I would have made like 20 times what you I got paid like a quarter for this thing as opposed to like, you know, $5 or whatever. You know, it's it's, uh, a big difference if you just go through Amazon. Um, but I appreciate that. And, uh, I am, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It probably hasn't been that long, but, uh, I'm looking forward to talking to our, uh, other, other friend on the show. Speaking of that, speaking of, um, guys that read air quotes, read a lot. I saw this week that, uh, one of those like airplane book authors, John Le Carre, passed on and i know i've already added him to next week's show yeah i know i happen to know or i don't know but i i assume in a very big way that avid listener right that our our friend who who's uh, joins us momentarily jason stewart is a massive fan of john le carre and he listens to his books Often he probably hasn't missed one. He listens to a great many of them on his on his very rigorous hiking. They call him they call him Tinker Taylor Soldier Stewart. <laughs> That's him. Jason Stewart joins us now. Jason, how are you, buddy? Hello, everybody. Yeah. There we go. I will say this: I have a um, I have a long list of go to authors, spy novel authors. Um, just to name a couple, you know, Vince Flynn, uh, Alex Berenson, who now is the, um, the guy that is on Fox news every night telling us that COVID's no big deal. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have a, I have a long list, uh, Brad Thor of, of spy novelists, but these, uh, these John are- LeCare he has escaped that. I, I think he's the generation before oh. I saw it is, it is a little bit older, but uh, I he's, in the Tom Clancy. he's in the yes. Tom Clancy uh, time, and that was a little bit before I started reading for pleasure, right? What, or listening. When 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 we're talking about like an easy, very entertaining read, I, I got to say that the number one is the Dickens of Detroit, Elmore Leonard. He oh, yeah. keeps his books like like two fifty, mm-hmm. like under three hundred pages. They're super entertaining. Um, it's, it's more, he started off in the Western genre and then like people stopped giving a shit about Westerns and he's like, all right, I'll just do crime. And he's the best crime, uh, fiction writer ever. Like, well, he's like, yeah, he's the best. 
he combined kind of both genres in his Raylan Givens series that I, yeah. I read. I read each of them and yeah, then great. loved the TV adaptation of Justified, um, which was an amazing show if you haven't seen it. It's, and, yeah. and that's also streaming somewhere, and I very much recommend. But you're right. Elmore Leonard is, is great. Like easy. just an easy go to. Like if you just want yeah. something fun, but not, yep. you know, real. Because some books, even if they're good, they take work, and his don't take any work. Easy reads, very easy reads. Fantastic. Look at us talking yeah. about books. Yeah, this is this is a book pod, talking books yeah. over here. Um, how's everything going, guys? Going well? I'm drinking whiskey because I have I have sutures in my gums. Fair. Hmm. I'm I'm also drinking whiskey because it's December fifteenth, yeah, yeah. and I've decided this is time. It's Christmas. Hey, you know what I forgot last week, Ed? Is we were supposed to talk about how um, John Bon Jovi has he recorded oh, yeah. a, he, he recorded a Christmas album, including Didn't he, wait, yeah. He, you, yeah, you told me about this. Yeah, he, so he he covered what is arguably, or maybe not even arguably, the greatest Christmas song ever. The Pogues' "Fairy Tale of New York." Here's we'll play a little snippet for people that might not be familiar. There was Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank. An old man said to me, "Won't see another one." I assume everybody's familiar. The Pogues, Shane McGowan, Irish, rootsy, punks. Everyone, you would know them if you don't know the you song. You know what's interesting is yeah. I, I remember Googling them a few years ago, and I was wondering where they like where exactly they're from. They're from London. They just like go with an Irish vibe. Oh, really? There's that. That Celtic thing is yeah. is uh, is not true. Now, um, oh, did you know me, that, Jason? Let me be let me be fully transparent about this song, um, and it kind of leads into something I just tweeted today or yesterday. Um, a year ago, we did a podcast about the they they do they know it's Christmas uh, band aid band aid episode three hundred of the podcast and, available and on it, any whatever app you're listening to the show on now. That was a good episode. Click on episodes. A, go back to three hundred. So we broke down the song and the video that came with it and everything else, and that was fun. And then we get into our personal favorite Christmas songs. And I have to admit, though I had heard of the Pogues, I had never heard this song, and now. If you go to my playlist on my phone of my Christmas tunes that includes Do They Know It's Christmas, the Pogues are the first one. I yeah. fell in love with this song because you introduced it to me. And now you're telling me bon- John Bon Jovi yeah. covered it? Like it, <laughs> my it, cup runneth over. If you, thought that, um, if you thought that was good, just wait. <laughs> Ed, you had something to add? No, I just I'm really excited for my new favorite song. Okay, let's 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 take and listen to John Bon Jovi's version. I didn't I didn't let it play through, but of course that's the Fairy Tale of New York is a duet. Duet? Did I say right. duet? Yeah. Duet. Duet. Joyce DeWitt. Um so it's and it's a male and female. It's, I think her name's Christy McCall that he's that Shane McGowan sings with, and it's a, just beautiful. You should I'm not gonna play the whole thing for you now, but you should listen to it. What you shouldn't listen to is the the John Bon Jovi version. Let's play that. 
Christmas Eve in the trunk tank. An old man said to me, Won't see another. I mean, it loses a little of the gravitas, right? Then he sang a song. Well, I really He doesn't know what he wants to do. Right. I don't think he really gets it. Somebody brought he's, it to like, him. He's trying to sort of sound like him, like yeah. it's karaoke, but yeah. he's also trying to do the Bon Jovi spin on it. Yeah, it's so weird because it's, it loses all the juice. Like it's the point of the song is a guy who is singing it from a low place. And John Bon Jovi's singing it from his mansion in the New Jersey countryside, I imagine. Like he's very rich. <laughs> kind of weird, but it gets better. It gets better. I mean, it doesn't. It couldn't get any worse because this song is playing. Here's where. Here's where it hypes up. Oh, they still they do the whole Celtic thing. Yeah, they're going with it. Mm-hmm. This is this is the female part. Could he not? Could he? Did he not want to share the royalties? Wait, so he's doing? Yeah. He sings both parts. Versions of his own voice. Yeah, he sings both parts. You gotta be kidding me. Is this where you I mean, wrap him up they, in a blanket and like you head him off somewhere? Like, oh, it's okay, buddy. Ah, uh, you know what sucks? I mean, to we, I should have screenshotted. I didn't know you could do this because last week we were going to talk about this and we just got too busy. And the best part was the comments. And now I've come back to it and comments have been turned off. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, you're right. Couldn't he have gotten like Sinead O'Connor or something? Like yes. somebody who's not get, getting a lot of work right sure. now. Sure. To just wait, be the female. Anybody. Um, so anyway, that's that's everybody's new favorite Christmas song. And I did see well, while I was looking it up tonight, today, Shane McGowan has offered his review in something called The Sunday World. So let's, lis- let's listen to Shane McGowan's review. I think this might be from his Instagram or something. Joey, well done. I really like that version you did of Fairy Town in New York. I'm going off it, but I'm going back on it. Thanks to that. Yep, so there's that. Well said. Well said. He's <laughs> was that was that English? <laughs> Hold on, one more time. It reminds me of when it reminds me of when Stern would have Leon Spinks. Yeah. Uh, he'd play clips of Leon Spinks yeah. talking. Uh, Shane McGowan, legend. He's lived a life, and so it's yeah. And he's got that accent, so he's difficult to understand with that he, accent. Let's he, when yeah. he spoke about Christmas Eve in the drunk tank. When he sung about it, he knew of what he spoke. Yeah, that's for sure. That's absolutely true. Hold on, let's let's play it again. So, uh, well done. I really like that version you did of Fairy Town in New York. I'm going <laughs> off it, but I'm going back on. He's going off it, but. He's gone off it, but he's gone back on it. I imagine because somebody pointed out that he's going to see a, a great number of royalties from that. That's as a, right. As the principal songwriter, he's gonna he's gonna get the the juice from. Uh, he hopes it's a hit. I imagine much much like Mariah Carey's Christmas song is a massive hit. Yes, which is featured in the movie we're about to do. But is can it? I uh, yeah. can I indulge you guys real fast? Yeah, sure. I, 
So my top five Christmas songs. Oh, my God. Let's do it. Quite an indulgent. Cut it down to three. On my playlist. Okay. Fairy Tale of New York has made it into there just in the last 365 days. Amazing. Uh, Do do, do They Know It's Christmas is still my favorite. Of course. Last last Christmas by Wham. Pretty good. Winter Wonderland by Eurythmics. Mm -hmm. If you haven't heard it, take a look. Mm -hmm. And because it's politically incorrect... And I, because I say fuck you to the establishment, mm. the original Baby It's Cold Outside is my top five just because people are trying to get You're rid of it. sticking it to the man I mean, Baby It's Cold Outside. I mean, it's, it's, there's actual date rape happening in that song. Oh, bullshit. It's, it's called, nah, it's a, it's called it's, Standard it's Seduction. It's a, good, it's a charming song. What's in this what, drink? It's called Standard Seduction. I really must go? Oh my she, god! She, she, she was playful about it. Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, I, you know, I, and maybe another one. I was talking to Brian a couple weeks ago. Check out Christmas Duel with Cindy Lauper and uh, so good. And, uh, so Ooh, good. I like Cindy Lauper. She's great. Yes. Cindy, and and who? What's the name the of the song? It's called Christmas Duel. It's pretty badass. Good. Yeah, it's fantastic. I would also recommend Christmas in Baghdad by the Black Lips. There's lots of good Christmas songs out there. Uh, Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight by the Ramones. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. That's Banger. Cool. Banger. Um, uh, we should, we should... One last one. Uh, yeah. the, uh, the Kinks, Father Christmas. Of is a course. Good one. Of course. Fantastic song. Um, so there's that. It is, it is Christmas time. Let's, speaking of that, speaking of Christmas. Let's... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Let's do a couple voicemails. He's so easy to hate. Your time he likes to waste. His calls are far from great. His calls are far from great. He's such a stupid fuck. He seems down on his luck. His voicemails really suck. His voicemails really suck. No one's enjoying him. He's so annoying. Plus so fucking boring and worthless. But he's got nothing else to do. And he's even worse than ish, 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 ish. His thoughts are useless shit, 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 shit. He's fat and got big tit, 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 tits. He's went well in Gardenia. Hey, I should start by saying Ed, not Brian. Ed, I didn't mean to offend you. I've just been busy, so uh, I left another voicemail for the uh, Bachelor Lifestyle. This is our dear friend David Bray. Reaching yeah, out. We, we know. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, we like to break balls around of here. Course, it's, it of was course. fine. Yes, I, I was not going to like that. Of course. That one, but uh, Ed, you're a great guy. Sorry, I haven't listened in a while. But uh, had other things going on. I'm glad to be plugged back in. Looking forward to listening to the Christmas special. Again, I'm at the park, so I don't have COVID. 
I do have a few games. Oh, I think he was out of breath last time he called in, and we were worried about him. I think that's what he's referencing. So anyway, Ed, no offense. Uh, I will be looking once again to Brian as well. Yeah, and Brian, thanks. as far as the uh, salted nut roll. Oh, yeah. Our, Jason Stewart, are you familiar with the with the uh, Midwest confection, the salted nut roll? I, maybe we talked about this before. A new favorite. You, Jason Stewart loves candy. He's got quite the sweet tooth. Oh. Yeah, we discussed it. And, and I would say that uh, there's no way you're getting through an occasion after serving the salted nut roll without there being at least three salted nut jokes oh yeah oh sure come That's over part of the fun yeah come over here and taste my salted nut roll i mean it just the 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 uh the these, double the entendres these nuts yeah the, the double entendres you like the yankees or the phillies <laughs> Well, these nuts. Salted nuts. There's a, uh, I don't, there's a, there's this, actually, there's this dish in, uh, in the Northeast, like upstate New York. It's called the, uh, throbbing hard cock. <laughs> Jason Stewart but, cracked himself up. It was a good attempt. Jason He didn't no. stick the land. Well, there's actually one, and it just leads itself to a lot of, like, innuendo. Yeah. Jason, you didn't want to go with your patented and and friend of the show, Travis Rogers' favorite. Hey, hey, Brian, I just got an email. Can I <laughs> can I read it? I like when Jason Stewart gets emails about oh, yeah. the show while we're doing the show. I was going to. I was going to. It's classic. It can be. But there's only one bit thing better than a salted nut roll, and that is a big, fat, girthy peanut butter salted nut roll. I don't know if you've seen them. They're kind of hard to find, especially here in Utah. About once every few months I can find one. But if you can get your hands on one, a peanut butter salted nut roll, all the better for you. I, so, well, well, hold anyway, on. Salted yeah. nut roll has peanut butter. This must be, like, really jacked up. Because like it's very peanutty it, butter. Right. Okay. Guys, Ed, I'm willing to try it. Of course. But, hey, that, the first one was, it was a great balance. Fantastic. To, Super Lee sent me a bag, and I wanted to taste my first on the air, so I, I introduced yeah. them to the people in my home. And when I went to finally have one, to taste one on the air, there were exactly two left in the bag. Yeah. So I've had – Similar thing happened in my household. Yeah. I had, I had two mini salted nut rolls, and my they have peanuts, and I have one child that's allergic to nuts, so it was... It was that narrows down your culprit. Obvious culprit. Hey, dude. I'm glad to be back listening to you guys, so um, bear with me and my voice, but uh, yeah. now I am listening to the the baller lifestyle as well, oh, so that's nice take case. it easy, guys, and as far as this guy, the Manuel, using the word bum yeah it's it's pretty pretty outdated all right guys take care see ya thanks for that david all right always good to hear get, from get well buddy and i got it well while obviously he's no lsu lala david bray who i believe goes around six feet eight he's massive jason's met him uh oh, okay he's got a nice timber to the voice the nice pipes. Yeah, good, good, sure. good vocal talent there. I'd have to say he's, he's the second tallest guy in Utah to, to his good pal Mark Eaton, who right. he said had questionable bathroom habits right. at the airport. That's true. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> brewing <Yeah>, great, <laughs> Mark Eaton. 
who could who could um I'm surprised you went Mark Eaton when we could have easily gone with a more timely um time sensitive Rudy Gobert, the first NBA player to get COVID. And he the caused best, all this stuff. the best nickname in basketball, the Stifle Tower, because he's French. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a great one. He's I understand that um Donovan, who's the good guy on his team? Mitchell. 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 Yeah, they they were not they were not in a good place. After no, I think that. he hates his guts. I think he yeah. hates his fucking guts. You know how you know how teams are. Like you think they're all teammates, but a lot of guys on teams hate each other's fucking guts. So they probably weren't buddies before that. Because you could forgive. Like it was the it was the early days of COVID. I've told this story before. I uh, I got on a plane on on a like a. Wednesday or something. And then when I, when I landed, I flew across the country and when I got on the plane, they're like, Hey, you know, be careful of people. Just watch, you know what you're doing. Don't get too close to people. Don't touch things. When I landed the plane, Rudy Gobert had gotten the entire country shut down. Like it was. Yeah. When he grabbed all the microphones, he grabbed the mics. Buddy, calm down. Well, he's French. Uh, Okay. Right though. Yeah. A lot of people don't consider that. Like, if you've played team sports, I think you get it. But if most people haven't, and, you know, what's the cliche? Uh, familiarity grows contempt or right, whatever. Right. There, are a lot, there are a lot of people that have played together for a long time that just hate each other's guts. And how they perform on the field as a team has nothing to do with that. That's I remember right. I, I produced a show, a radio show in the late 90s. And we had uh, Russ Francis as the guest. Russ Francis. He was a tight end. He's probably a yep. Hall of Famer. Yep. I, I called Steve Grogan to be a surprise guest oh, no. with, uh, with Russ Francis. And Steve Grogan told me over the phone I would never do anything for that asshole. And he hung up. Did he, did he say um, 20 years from now go on a podcast and say that? When nobody remembers either name, right. I need you to tell that story on the air. Yeah, well, this, he was the the last quarterback with a neck roll. Well, he had Steve. Steve Grogan. He had a long ass neck. Steve Steve Grogan. He he needed a double neck roll. He had the longest he, neck you ever was, saw. He was he was uh, the first version of Merton Hanks. Right, he's Merton Hanks one point right. um, He had the big Adam's apple. But I love when when reporters try this whole narrative that they they that everybody gets along when you're winning. Things don't bother you as much when right. you're losing. Those teams hate each other yep. because it all comes out. When you're winning, you're like, ah, "Fucker!" Like, there's no way Bill Ambeer and uh, Isaiah Thomas got along. But when they were winning, it's like, ah, "All right," you know his antics. Like that, that's how it all works. Yeah, yeah. But it's not you're not good because you get along. It's, that's not how it goes. It's like last year's and next year's World Championship Lakers, World Champion Lakers. They, they had Dwight Howard out there and everybody hates Dwight Howard's guts. Like no one, no one has ever been on a team with Dwight Howard, much like Kobe Bryant and been friends with him. Everyone hates his guts, but they won the NBA championship. So he was, he was, uh, what's the word? Accepted. No tolerated. Um, uh, I'll, I'll take it out of the world of sports. The Rolling Stones don't like each other. Yeah, that's true. They've been doing this for over a half century. Oh yeah, and they've made a ton of money together, and that's why they're together, not because they're they're buddies. Read that book. Speaking of books, Jason, listen to this. What? Keith Richards biography? No, no, I did listen to that. It's very long. Johnny Depp reads part of it. No, I believe it's called. uh, 
I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's the subhead is the making of Exile on Main Street, and this is oh yeah yeah they made a documentary about it too yeah it's the, it's, the, it's good the, they were, the Rolling Stones had tax problems and heroin problems, and so they had to bounce out to the south of France to make the album um, Exile on Main Street, and it was just a shit fucking show. Like they're not they're just definitely not buddies. And yeah, infidelity yeah. and fucking uh each other's girlfriend yeah. like it was it was a bad situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like like mick mick and um uh mick and keith are kind of a, a known uh rivalry uh and the drummer has just been spaced out and he doesn't give a shit and i don't know their Charlie names Watts. But, uh, that they hated each other so much that in the early 90s the bassist just chose to check out he's like nah i'm good like I don't right. need to make millions of dollars a year as the Rolling Stones. I'm good. You're talking about Bill Wyman. That's that's when he was. Um, is that when he got married to his 13 year old ex stepdaughter? <laughs> because, Probably. I didn't know that, but that's brutal. Yeah, he because uh, he did that in like the 80s as well. So, um, Exile on Main Street book. What's it called? Everybody should read it. I've I've only seen the documentary, and I know it. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah. Exile on Main Street, A Season in Hell with the Rolling Stones. After after you buy Heroes and Jerks on Amazon, go to your local bookstore and buy that book. It's fantastic. It's a great read. Recommend it to anybody. And I'm not even like a huge Stones fan. Uh, okay, here's another one. What's up, fam? Kelly T. Futz here. Sorry I didn't call last week. I One of my favorite bars on the planet closed down for good it's a heavy time jason stewart are you familiar with a friend of the show telly two putt formerly telly two putts but he had to he had to reinvent himself after being fired from patty powers life right he he threatened to kill an a british bookmaking company for disrespecting tiger woods is he jason is he a longtime follower of yours telly two putt I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't doubt it if he's a longtime right, follower right. of mine. Um, I know him by by Twitter name, uh, by by screen name on right. your show, right? But I don't recall anything from the past that would wow. uh, draw my attention to. Okay, fair enough. It opened the day after prohibition and prohibition ended. So I'm a little drunk too. Oh, you're totally too much uh, drunk. Eighty-seven years ago, so. Shut down is my favorite bar in Denver. December 5th is... uh, 1933. That's that's the day. The man wrote a history book. It's crazy. It's crazy when you think about Prohibition. It lasted for 13 years. It's crazy. That's an insane amount of time. It's crazy. Not as long as the Prohibition of uh, of cannabis has lasted, but yes. I'm trying to look up Telly Two Putts on Twitter, and his account's been... uh, Cancel. No, it's Telly to putt. No, he's had, he had to reinvent because he was canceled, oh. much like I nearly was for wishing the fantastic radio host Rush Limbaugh luck in his battle with terminal lung cancer. They they got me for bullying and they suspended me for an entire day just you know, just for saying. I feel like we were, yeah. yeah, I feel like we were sold a bill of goods here. I was under the impression like a month and a half ago that the end I know. was I know. was here. That fuck face is still around. I know. He's still living with his terminal lung cancer. Which, but, but, Ed, take solace in this fact. He's going to die a horrible, lonely death 
of terminal lung cancer. Like it's, yes, it hasn't happened soon enough for you and I, but it will happen eventually. And by eventually, I would say in the next few months. Yeah, so, I that. like I would like it for Christmas. Yes, I would like that's true. I, I would like that under my tree. I would like so that. So the the uh, the verdict is in. Um, Telly Tupac does not follow me, so he's wow. dead to me. Wow. Uh, <laughs> no, not a longtime follower of yours. Unbelievable. He's, he's missing out. Wow, bro. really rude of him. He's he misses out on those power rankings, and also yep. when you do that thing where you go, a lot of people have been asking me. You do that thing. He also does the, uh, uh, I can't believe it's January. Yeah, yes. he does those. yeah he does. That's an yeah. old standby. Yeah. An old standby. An old, he's got like three. That's the, that's the Henny Youngman, take my wife, please. Yes, three lanes that he's in. One of the best stars, jazz bars ever. But mm, that's, that's why I didn't call. I yeah. I just got home from a local speakeasy because all the bars are closed down here. They have been for a couple of weeks, but some of them let your boy go in and drink. Um, I, was gonna- I believe Telly is a, is a COVID survivor. He uh, he mentioned a while back that he's still had not regained his sense of taste, which is probably why he drinks so much Jaeger and eats so much ass because he's just not there with the flavor <clears throat> profile yet. I'll get you guys. I. Tried the McRib. Still can't taste your smell, but well, I like it. Like I said, it. yeah. So I'm going to update you guys well, with that. Thanks for that. And then I asked out a girl Whoa. Uh, with a mask on. I met her with a mask on and I asked her out. And? Turns out she, she was pretty cute. Yeah. She was the redhead with green eyes. Oh, yeah. Freak. Fine. Uh, other than that, hope you guys are doing well. I'll update, update you guys next week. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know if you get those skins. Telly two putts, or as it says in the transcription of that call, call Kelly teapots, <laughs> which is, I would encourage anybody who's friends with Telly two putt to go ahead and call him Kelly teapots. Cause I think that's very funny. Uh, okay. Thanks for that. Thanks for all the voicemails. Nine, four, nine, four, six, four TBLS eight, two, five, seven. I should say, and I, and I previewed this last week and I'm not sure it's going to happen. I am out to the penis connoisseur. The penis connoisseur reached out. She let us know she had had a submission from a listener. Jason, you probably don't know about this. You're not a listener. We have, we have, Uh, we have a listener to this show, a female. She reached out to us a while back to solicit dick pics from our listeners that she could review. And oh, that's great. That's awesome. That's I, a great bit. I know. It's a good bit. And she it, it must have been in the uh it must have been in the one episode I couldn't listen to because I listen every week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and so she ha- alerted me last week that she has received her first submission and would like to review it. And I thought it would be best handled in a because Ed and I will have a lot of questions about this, don't you think, Ed? I don't I didn't I didn't think a, an email would do it justice or a or a voicemail. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought it would be better in an interview format. So um, she's there. It could be that she comes available during the show. She's let me know that she might be able to call in. We'll see. We'll see if we hear from her. In the meantime, we have a few emails to read. 
Uh, okay. Little St. Nick here. And I've been working through my list of all the listeners of the best podcast out there. Your gifts are being finished up by my child labor force out back and we'll be heading your way shortly. Telly. Oh, this is, he's references Telly. Telly, I've heard about your appetites and have a couple special gifts for you. A case of claws and the contact info for my fake ID connect at the perfume emporium in Boulder. Ask to speak to Hector about the French lotion and he'll hook you up. You see, old St. Nick has a propensity for the young ones as well as these IDs are gold because screaming, but you have to be 18 to have a tattoo no longer works. Trust me. Uh, to Dola, you, sir, Dola, uh, Jason Stewart, Dola, Mike D. Surely he's a longtime follower of yours, right? Also from the oh, De- no Denver area. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a big fan. Yeah, he's a good dude. Uh, you, sir, have been a naughty boy this year. For you, we have a pack of wet wipes to give to these poor young ladies that you desecrate with a bo- box set of diners, drive-ins, and dives. All hail Guy Fieri. For Paul, booty call, cherry-flavored anal cream, no judgment, what? playboy, and ophthalmic antibiotic eye drops for the ensuing pink eye. Oh, my God. Uh, Manuel, we need to work on some of your issues. So a set of Tony Robbins self-help books to deal with the anger issues that you seem to express from time to time. Well, Manuel, and a copy of the movie Bum Fights, because we know you love it. Jay Stu, you're, you know Matt, uh, you know Manuel and Gardenia, right? He's like the one guy that somehow ha- is oversaturated, but still is... Um, charming, and you, you want to have him around. Like he he yes. sweats himself out to every media entity, yep. but he's still something about him makes you want to keep listening. He's the and Jay Still, you'll appreciate this reference. He's the modern day Jeff and Tarzana. He's a guy that calls every radio show in Los Angeles to the point he's in the he's in a promo that airs on both of the stations there's a manuel promo on both stations he also calls this show although i don't i don't know if that's going to change but uh we like manuel good guy sure fan of me ed you've had a busy year and have been good so i have a cameo call from the wu-tang clan and a national book award nomination for your fantastic book heroes and jerks available now on amazon that leads us to you, Brian. I hear you've soured on all things Australian, so so for you, we have a can of Fosters. It's actually brewed in Canada. A gift card to Outback and all of the Crocodile Dundee movies. Also, also, I'll throw in another Lakers championship since you are the biggest Lakers fan there is. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. That's from our good friend, a guy who fucks LSU Lala. He can't even keep track of it. Yeah, he's he's banged so many flus. No, upstanding women. They they could be the most upstanding. They probably are. Their right, that's true. Um, and he can't. He's he's lost count. He's just he's sexed so many. Um, okay, here's another one. Brian and quote Ed. Getting close to the end of the NFL season, the beginning of the NBA season, and of course. The end of the 2020 Formula One season, which begs the question, when George Russell, parentheses, girl body, (laughs) 
I'm not familiar with this guy, filled in for Lewis Hamilton and was given the cockpit of the Silver Arrows, was he also given full access to Lewis's private selection of Poon? Additionally, did Russell race in high-heeled boots or were the pedals reconfigured for regular racing shoes? That, of course, is from Pete and Pocatello. Who's a big fan of, of Lewis Hamilton in F1? I believe Lewis Hamilton is back. So that's Pete can be happy about that. Thank you. Thank you, Pete. Uh, and one more. Bri Bri Bex and Easy Eduardo Daly. I've got some good news and bad news. Bad news is I got the vid two weeks ago. Oh, no. Yes, much like Telly Two Butts. The good news is I'm better and I'm back in the loose gas station jerky game. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Anywho, am I the only person who has a problem with all these Christmas car commercials? No one is gifting a vehicle to a loved one. If you're wealthy enough to purchase, then you aren't waiting to give it as a gift. And if you're financial, wait, hold on. If you're financial a car as a gift, if you're, oh, if you're financing a car as a gift, then you're dumber than Vince Young. <laughs> Merry Christmas, fellas. Dean. First ballot TBLS Hall of Famer. Thank you for that, Dean. I hope you're feeling better from the vid, my man. Yeah, glad to hear you're back. It does drive me crazy. The Lexus um, Christmas to remember or whatever. Yeah, the December to remember. December to remember. And they charge you for those those big bows too. Even if you were dumb enough to buy of one of those, of course they do. Of course they do. No one's. Whenever I see that, I'm like, oh, you're giving somebody a car payment for Christmas. I would get. I would get divorced if I just said, "Here, hey, look what I got." You had no idea I was going to buy a car. Yeah, that's that's a big. It's the second biggest purchase of that most people make, and it's something if if you're married, you discuss. You don't just go out and buy a car. Jason Stewart, your thoughts? Are you is there is there going to be a vehicle under the tree this year for your beautiful girlfriend Christina? I mean, you're talking to someone whose old man was in the car business for like forty years. Oh, he really? Was, I, I, I grew up the son of a car salesman. Shut up. Didn't uh, know that. Like breaking away. Yeah. yeah. Porsche Audis. Porsche Audis. Oh, high uh, end. Oh. Now, um, I just think it's it's ridiculous and bad timing. And I'm, I'm shocked that the, the major car companies right. didn't just pull their pull their advertising or at least utilize the time to do some kind of a, a, a social message. I don't think anyone during COVID – with you know most of this country and unemployment, not most, but a lot of people, I don't think anyone's buying new cars for anybody this Christmas. So I wanted to take this opportunity to kind of give the shit to uh, the major car industry that no one's buying your fucking cars. No. But if you really have that much money to spend on advertising, do it for something positive. Yeah. How about a wear your mask campaign? Right. There you go. There you go. Yeah. People aren't gonna aren't using their non-existent stimulus to go put a down payment. <laughs> oh, I'm, your twelve hundred dollars ran out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. I don't. I've I've still got money left. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just spreading it out. Spreading it out. Right. So yeah, I don't. I've always even pre-pandemic and ensuing yeah, depression. Thing. Yeah. Right. It was a questionable thing five years ago. Yes. Two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, Lexus is a good car. 
but they're not, they're not the only ones that do it. I've seen some Audi commercials. Oh, there's people, Honda Days. Yes. Uh, there's a, there's a, a handful of them. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's crazy. It's actually crazy. Okay, we're here to talk about the like I said in the beginning. It's a movie that I only recently became familiar with. But your your mom definitely has seen it. Probably your wife, your grandma. Like this is the juices get flowing with women over this movie. It's very popular. Love actually. Let's play the trailer. Hello, lovely, lovely to see you all. Lovely, lovely. Yes. <laughs> love, 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 love. But who'd have to screw around here to get a cup of tea and a chocolate biscuit? Right. Me. You, Grant. Okay, that's done. Laura Linney. There's <gasps> a whole bunch of people. Kira Knightley. She's the one. It's a love movie. It's got a good soundtrack. Not much talking in the trailer. It's a bunch of people looking at each other longingly. <laughs> this movie came out in 2003. It's called Love Actually. It's a Christmas-themed romantic comedy written and directed by Richard Curtis. Features an ensemble cast, and there's some real big hitters in this one. Uh, Composed predominantly of British actors, many of whom had worked with Curtis in previous film and television projects. Mostly filmed on location in London, the screenplay delves into several aspects of love as shown through ten separate stories. Involving a wide variety of individuals, many of whom are shown to be interlinked as the tales progress. The story begins five weeks before Christmas and is played out in a weekly countdown until the holiday, followed by an epilogue that takes place one month later. So who's in this thing, right? It's Hugh Grant, of course, the great Hugh Grant. Firth. Uh, who else? Colin Firth. Colin, Colin Firth. Emma, Emma Thompson. I mean, there are Oscars hanging on. She would tell Etiofor. Right. Yes. Even him. Um, the dude. The dude. Yeah. The dude from The Walking Dead is there. Oh, the guy from uh, The Office, the British office. Tim from The Office is there. Alan Rickman. Alan R.I.P. Gruber. Hans Gruber. It's this. Emma is, Thompson. So would you say that this is the second biggest Christmas movie of Hans of uh, Alan Rickman's career, it has to be right. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. This doesn't doesn't rate with his first biggest Christmas movie, no. Die Hard. Um, yeah, so it's a bunch of like it's a bunch of vignettes about people that are either in love or falling in love. It does have a weird, and I'd only seen it once before. I watched it last night. I'd only seen it once before, and I fell asleep. I didn't realize the beginning the. Um, the the voiceover Airport. that it starts at the beginning has a very strange reference to September 11th. Yes. You well, tell. I mean, this was probably filmed the next year, right? This was, was. 03? Yeah. It yeah. came out 03. It was 02. 9-11 was pretty fresh in everybody's mind. Yes. And what, we'll Hugh, we'll Hugh never Grant, forget. Hugh Grant did the narration, right? He did, yes. and it was. It, I don't. I should have written it down because it was like I'm sure the people boarding their flights on September 11th had no idea. And I was like, "This is so Whoa. fucking morbid." Like, well, what? What? What he, what he was saying is that uh-huh. love, love trumps hate. In other right. words, 
the people on the uh, on on flight ninety three. I don't think any of those text messages to family members right. were about hate. They were all about That's right. love. That's a good right. point. And then and then he did he also mention that you know when three thousand people die in a day, we stop everything we're doing and we change our behavior for that. Right. That's right. Is that what he did? That's yes. <laughs> I don't think he if said that. that. Were, if that were to ever happen again, well, we it never like, would. It never would. Yeah. We would do things like wear masks. Well, that's, I mean, that's just too much of an ask, Ed. That's just, 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 just too much to ask people to do to put a piece of cloth over their face. All right. We tried human race. We tried. <laughs> I want to say, I want to say that uh, the 9-11 reference and I, who knows when they shoot these movies and when they're released or whatnot. I'm, I want to say that they started shooting this before 9-11 because um, that was, that was definitely a memorable random non sequitur uh, 9-11 reference in the narrative. It is. I but mean, like, this, mo- this movie came out in 2003. Right. Christmas but time. But, but think about it. The rest of the movie is spent contradicting 9-11 protocols in airports. It I is kind of weird. Visitors at terminals yeah. and shit. I, I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, that was random. Um, I always said that it could, the subtitle of this movie, um, it's Love Actually... A fat shaming Christmas. <laughs> um, I guess in 2003, it was more than okay to make people feel bad for being fat. Well, I mean, the most powerful person in this movie goes after uh, the not the weightfish girl. So at least the payoff was. Yeah, he's well, and that is kind of weird that Hugh Grant, he plays the. He plays the prime minister of England and he's and he's very gorgeous, of course. And and yet he's conflicted about and he's single, right? He's a bachelor. That's a big deal. He's conflicted about maybe like asking out somebody that works at his 10 Downing Street office house. Right. And there would be there would be issues with like a lot of this movie. but, But just think about that. Yeah. After me too. I mean, what's the point of being prime minister if you can't fuck your subordinates? Well, like isn't that another the whole... story we haven't brought up? Billy Bob certainly knew what the perks of the job were. Right. He was and that's he's supposed to be Bill Clinton, right? Like that's a that's, no, that's a Clinton esque. Well, it was a hybrid of him and, and Bush. Oh right. Right. Just American arrogance personified right. is basically right. But he liked he, to fuck. Quite the philandering yeah. part was definitely the Clinton, Clinton yeah. But the 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 arrogant Texan kind of talk was Bush. Right. That is kind of weird that like Billy Bob was a pretty big star that he just pops up in a cameo like that. Right. That's a, that's a big time cameo. Yeah. That's it. I want to say, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't gone through it. I want to say that it was Billy Bob and Laura Linney were the only two Americans in the cast, right? Or, or having a major I think role you're in this. Right. Other, than, that other right. than the three chicks that that um, oh, at the end. that were all over the guy in America, but even one of them was Canadian. It was Alicia Cuthbert, right? Yeah. Right. Well, then, then two additional at the airport at the end. Those were American. That was uh, Charlie Sheen's ex-wife and uh, oh yeah, and Shannon Elizabeth. Right. right. Uh, and the other one of the other two was um, Betty Draper. The one and then, of uh, yeah, January Jones, and then the other one was um, she was the girlfriend of Lashif in Casino Royale, right? She's she's she was like 
she's been in a couple of things. Right. Yeah, I just saw her in Power recently as I binged it. But um, you know the um, the one thing I wanted to mention about uh, the cast and America. I guess I guess we can say that the only um, the only Americans on the United Kingdom soil, I guess, is right. uh, Laura Linney and and Bobcat. But they he flew in right. So um, this is my question to you guys. Okay. After you re- rewatch this movie, and we could talk about more details, but after you rewatch the movie, do you now see why it is my favorite Christmas movie? It is not. It kind of it's it gives the pretense of a, a romantic comedy, but it's it's not that it it is very well. I mean, if if you want to see great acting, look at Emma Thompson. Oh, after, I was after I was say that too. Out. Yeah, after, after she finds Joni Mitchell scene, yeah. that's the yeah. best acting in the entire movie. Like, that's but, fantastic. But they're great performances by great actors, and the story is far from a, a – it has funny moments. But, I mean, there are so many inappropriate things. It's not your typical, like, romantic comedy, yeah. but it's a great Christmas movie, great music it's got what's her face in it? Who had one like two great songs in two thousand two? Dido, um, yeah, Dido. Dido. Mm-hmm. It's got Dido. It's got uh, Mariah Carey. It's it's a it's a great movie. So my question is, have you guys changed your tune? Is it now in your top three? No. The answer is uh, no. I, I will say this: I I see where people uh, crush it for different reasons. Yeah. The stalker. It's okay. Um, but I actually kind of the point of watching a Christmas movie is it's supposed to be uh, artificial sweetener kind of stuff for for this kind of movie. So I, I, I found it to be a feel good movie that had some funny parts. And the guy who is the, the most comic relief, I think he nails it. I Was his name Bill Nye? Nye yeah, or, yes, the, yep. I, yeah. he's he's fucking great. He's great. He's great. What's explained to me the relationship there like he's. He's I thought, like this yeah, washed up. I saw it, I yeah. thought he was, there was a gay thing. But it, there's going not. On, but it's not. There's yeah. not. It's just he's saying he loves his manager. He's the only person that has been a constant in his life. And yep. it shows the, the different layers of love in this movie. The yeah. love between oh, right. Liam, Liam Neeson and his stepson. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a bunch of loves that take place in this. And it's all in the name of Christmas. Because in, at Christmas, you are supposed to be with the people you love. To me, this is a, a universal great movie. And if you're a guy out there listening to this podcast and you've dismissed this movie as kind of a chick flick romantic comedy, I dare you to watch this movie and tell me differently. Yeah, it's okay. It's, That's, it's, not, it's not cracking my top. I mean, yeah. this isn't in diehard bad Santa territory uh, yeah, for me. exactly. But – but but it's I, I, it's a charming movie and I think it pulls off what it's it's not trying to be some sort of heavy handed thing. Oh. It's, it's supposed to be a charming, fun, feel good movie, and I think it it works. I watched this weekend Surviving Christmas. Are you guys familiar with it? No, it's, mm. ben, it's Ben Affleck. Oh, it was terrible, right? James Gandolfini, <laughs> Catherine O'Hara. It's a good Jeez. cast. Uh, Christina Applegate, oh, an all timer, and look, and good, and good comedic timing. She's so funny. Uh, and look, it wasn't good, or 
anything I'll ever watch again. But it was like I watched it. What is it? On, yeah, I assume it's on some sort of streaming. It's maybe. Yeah, I think it's on Netflix. I'll check it out. Yeah, watch it. I just read it. I remember at the time people, this was when everybody was taking their shots at Affleck. Yes. Yeah. This was before the the town and, uh, right. You know, his, and, uh, the, the Argo. It was, it was during his heavy pill and kettle one phase, which, (laughs) you know, Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. So, so to the, by the way, to that end, um, my son just randomly, I don't know how or when this happened, but he, I said, what's your favorite Christmas movie? We're going to watch it. Last time he was over. And, and he, he said, said Die Hard. Four Christmases. Oh, I've heard that's good. Seen, I like that movie. Christmases? That got panned, too. Is that I with Reese Witherspoon? It has, yeah, like, LOL moments in that movie. It does. Well, like, really funny it, at times. It's, it's a good Vince Vaughn. I mean, the... Vince Vaughn's family is really into MMA and they're like all beating the shit out of each other. It's, it's, I, that was another movie. It was panned. I watched it like several years after the fact and I was like, this is pretty funny. I think that might be on Amazon right now too. I'll check that out for Christmases. Um, do you guys think something that's one of my takeaways from love actually, do you think this movie set the record for most teeth? Like, ju- <laughs> like just between Kira Knightley and Hugh Grant, just, just with those two, those two, like there's never been a movie with more teeth than, unless those two were in another movie together that I don't know about. Cause they're both British. I can't imagine a movie with more teeth. Yeah, I, I agree. There was, there was a I, lot of teeth going on. I had this uh, conversation with my girlfriend as we're watching that movie. Um, you know how, like, I've never quite understood when rich celebrities don't get like simple cosmetic procedures. Yeah. Like I, I'm not a dentist or an orthodontist Tiger or whatever, Woods. but if you take out a few of those teeth, yeah. you would, it would be less um, unsettling to look at. Like she's a beautiful girl, but yeah. you can't still stop looking at those choppers. There's a lot of teeth, but she's, she is beautiful. She's Absolutely. okay. She's okay. She doesn't. She she's like the fourth or fifth hottest chick in this movie. Like I take <laughs> you know the hottest. You know the hottest is the 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 gir- first girlfriend. Yeah, the portrait. Oh, oh, the one that cocks him, Colin yes. Firth. Colin Firth, who any woman would pull up her skirt for in a second. He's he's loved by all women. Charming. He gets he gets cucked. In the first scene of the movie, he's being cheated on. Oh, that's his brother? brother? Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Yes, she's very attractive. My my choice, by the way, um, now that you brought it up, is uh, Hugh Grant's eventual girlfriend. I like her, too. She's she's very good looking. Yeah, I like her, too. But she hasn't really shown up, right? No, so this is weird. Last... Last summer, whenever whenever we were allowed outside, when I went to uh, London... They were there was an article in the paper about her making a comeback, and it was like I think she was on like an EastEnders type show, mm-hmm. and she was a pop star. And I'm reading this article, I'm like, I know her, and I've never seen EastEnders, and I don't listen to like random British pop, and it was her. So I think she's she was like probably famous for a few years as a singer and as a soap opera star. Yeah. But oh really, Martina. So, like, but that? this was her one. This was her one, uh, like mainstream movie. 
Ah, interesting. Okay. Wait, what's Wait. her? Let's. I'm on her. I'm on IMDb her right now. Her name's Martine McCutcheon. Martine McCutcheon. Martine McCutcheon. I wonder if she chose not to do a lot of work because I haven't really she, seen her in anything. Who since chooses not to work? You, I was going to say. I'll tell you this. Uh, there's not many people that choose that aside from like Phoebe Cates. Everybody kind of the world chooses for them how right. much work they get. Well, I'll tell you this: she did. She went a long time without working. But so, I think she had kids, and it was like, yeah. but there was a whole thing. But it was, it was like her comeback last year. She yeah. was going to have a new album. Or something. So she was on EastEnders, three seasons. She was on something else called Bluebirds in the 80s when she must have been, you know, younger. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That, that was a real movie. Yeah, then Love Actually. Then she was on an MI5 like miniseries, just like a bunch of TV stuff in, in Britain. The, the Mole, Moving Wallpaper, Echo Beach. I mean, it just didn't, just never really took off for her and she hasn't been in anything in a couple of years. R.I.P., Martine McCutcheon's career. Yeah, very pretty. Um, what else? Oh, so you know who I love looking at who? is uh, Billy Max manager. I, feel, I just yeah. like staring at that guy. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Uh, yeah, Billy Max. He's he's a fun little aside. How about the how about the whole thing with um, Tim from the office and that other chick? They fall yeah. in love with their job as porno stand-ins. Do they need that much lighting in porn? No, of course not. Porn doesn't have I'm, budgets like that. Right. That was that's the most unrealistic part of this whole thing. It's, Not the prime minister falling for it's it's the, the porn world had big sprawling sets. They, they were shooting in a mansion with lighting. No, it's crazy. It's usually, you know what? Yeah. It's usually in a terrible. And it's, that was just an excuse lighting. to have somebody in the movie get him out. Right. Like that's what that was. The yeah. whole point of that is somebody had to get him out. And it was. Well, Lindy also gets him out. Oh yeah, does she? When she is, is that uh, Olivier Martinez that she's having sex with? The, no, he looks like it. Yeah. Um, he's inexplicably a Brazilian guy named Carl. Right, that doesn't make any sense. I, I think that the, that was a miscasting. That, well, it that, just did, could, that didn't make any sense. Could have been no a boys from. Could have yeah, been. There's no way to say let, let's cast Carl. Right. Let's find the most beautiful well, Brazilian it, man. Could have been a boys from Brazil situation. That's how you get the Carls down there. Uh, and the, true. And the Adolfs. I don't know what. I don't know what was uh, more of a mismatch casting, the um, Laura Linney and her love interest or Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson's kids being like seven. But, but you know, you, you know what I, you, you know what I just realized? Like um, I, my girlfriend had never seen this movie and I'm cheap. So the, it's not on a streaming service that you don't have to pay for. So I watched it on YouTube TV. It's been on like AMC recently or whatever. I just realized that I showed her the movie for the first time without any of that porn stuff. They took out every <laughs> single porn scene. And that was a funny part of the movie. So so <laughs> when they get together, are the are the the edited version people, audience being like, well, who the fuck are these people? Right. <laughs> when do they get together? Because I don't even remember At that. The end, like everybody. Yeah. Dude. She, I think they edited out the entire thing. Yeah. They took away the entire plot line yeah. for, the, for the TV it's version. Not, they're not necessary for any other part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, the black guy is like the boom mic guy on the porn set, and he's with the lighting people. 
That's right. Right. That's exactly right. Um, so Liam Neeson, he's the stepdad of that kid. That kid's the worst part yes. of the movie, right? Like worse yeah, than Kira Knightley's Game teeth. Of Thrones, right? Oh, he is. That kid becomes one of the Game of Thrones people. Shut up. Really? Um, I don't. I don't think it's Game of Thrones, but it is like one of those fantasy uh, TV shows, right? Um, I. What's funny is that. Uh, we were just watching The Queen's Gambit, which I very much recommend. Queen's Gambit, miniseries on Netflix, um, and you're going to fall in love with the lead actress. She's great. And this guy was in that movie as a main character. And the entire series – I'm sorry, the series. Thomas the Brody Sangster. Like, right. The entire series, I'm like, where have I seen that guy before? I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen anything with him in it. I realize he's a drummer kid from Love Actually. He looks the yeah. exact same. Yep. No, he had a role. His name was Jojen Reed in Game of Thrones. He gets a lot of work. Mm. Oh, okay, so he was in Game of Thrones. Yeah, if you just Google Thomas Sangster, right, uh, jo- Game of Thrones, you'll see him. He's wearing like Game of Thrones type clothes. Jojen Reed. I don't recall that. Now, Jason Stewart, you were a big fan of Game of Thrones. How about that last season, season eight? Were you pretty fired up about that? <laughs> A little bit. I mean, whenever you have one of the greatest series of all times with all the stakes, you have ev- the entire world is watching this movie. And as writers, nice. you choose to cut your schedule short, rush the ending of the entire series so that you could write a couple Star Wars movies and then never really end up writing those Star Wars movies. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I would be pissed off yeah. if I was a loyal viewer. Um, Gruber's Hans Gruber's assistant, by the way. The actress is a German woman who was with Daniel Craig for eight years. What? Yeah. Um, Mia, Mia, the assistant, was very dirty. Yeah, she was super randy. She she would just spread those legs wide open and let you know she was open for like, business. <laughs> she says to her boss at the Christmas party, the, like something like, I'm wide open. Anything for you. Yes. Get me anything. And, but also, it's Alan Rickman. It's This isn't Colin Firth. Like, what's the attraction that he's in, that he has some power over her? I want bearer bonds, Gruber. Right. I just by, didn't by see way, it. Yeah. That, that, that again shows you this is that's another uh, great example of what what this is, why this is not a romantic comedy. That relationship with Emma Thompson and Alan Ripken at, and Rickman at the end of the movie, that's not resolved. Like they obviously yeah. have not refallen in love which in, in a Hollywood romantic comedy, they would have patched things up yeah. or found better levers. Yeah, he calls himself an old fool, and she's like, yeah, all right. Yeah. That's that's not going to work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? So, well, so just in the general, like, main plot, the you think the guy from Walking Dead is gay because he, he detests... He detests the bride that his uh, that Chiwetel Ejiofor is marrying, and I think Laura Linney asks him if he's if he's if he's into the groom. Oh right, I didn't. I never got that. I never vibed in gay. Like, are you in love with him? And he, and then when she said that, I was thinking, oh, he maybe he is. Because he's, re- I mean, he's a real dickhead to yeah. Akira Knightley. He does put together that um, all you need is love, which wedding ending is pretty cool. It's pretty cool, but 
at the I mean, yes, it's cool. And I've never been to an entertaining church part of no, the wedding. No, never. Me either. So that would be amazing. However, if it was like, yeah, I'm going to jazz up your wedding to the dude. Maybe that's why I thought he was gay. Right. That's a lot of work for like also was wasn't anybody like as people were being ushered to their seats weren't people like hey man like who the fuck told you to bring a trombone like this is a wedding guy are you with the bride or the groom (laughs) and what's with the brass horn I mean if anybody if anybody's uh, been around a bride in the planning of a wedding I mean this is her life this is a culmination of her life's work um. I'm guessing surprising a bride with something during a wedding probably isn't going to go over too well. Even that's why the the reaction that she gave, she must either yeah. be the coolest chick in the history of the world or she wanted to punch somebody after that because this was before kind of YouTube and it became fashionable to do things during ceremonies or receptions that kind of awed the crowd and shit. This was before that, right? This was a yeah. this was a movie that intro, kind of introduced this. I don't think Kira Knightley is cool with that wedding. I don't think she's cool with that interjection. She acted like she was, but I don't think she was. I agree, and you know she shows up to his house or his workspace loft or whatever it is, and she's like, "Hey, do you have any of those videos from the wedding?" <laughs> And he's like, nah. And she's like, well, what about this one that says wedding video? And then she starts playing it. And yeah, it's yeah, there are horror movies that are, that end like this. Yeah, and it was it was super stalkery. And she definitely should have called the police at that point. But also, she watches the videos, and what does she say? I look quite pretty there. <laughs> no. But you know, the, um, that's one of the things in this movie that like there are inappropriate relationships. This, th- yeah. These are relationships that aren't necessarily uh, conventional. You have the prime minister falling for a member of his staff. You have the uh, the the author Colin Firth falling for his maid. You have you have all these things going on, and then uh, Alec, Alex Rickman buying a, a necklace for his secretary. And but this one I think is the weirdest. Like him showing up oh, on yeah. Christmas with those signs yeah. took it to another level. Like. He- so they're just going to exist like this? Well, what if his buddy showed up at the door and he's like, what's with the signs <laughs> in the boombox? Right. Yeah, also, he's like, tell him it's carolers. It's like, wouldn't he have drawn up divorce papers based on that? Hey, honey, don't mind me. I'm just going to be out here watching the carolers. And also, it, carolers. then he plays music from a boombox. Clearly not car- carolers. Yeah, you can there's easily, background music. Yes. There's instruments. <laughs> yes. Obviously, um, I did. Uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, so and then Laura Linney, she she's in the office. She works in an office mm. and leaves her ringer on. Mm-hmm. And that that Nokia ringtone just keeps playing yeah. over and over again. And what I understand, she cares for her brother, right. but that's that's why he's in a. Home. Why are they letting him use the phone so late at night? Doesn't it isn't like prison? You get like an hour a day. You got to like call collect. Yeah, that was my that was my thing. Like um, he was real chatty on the phone, but each scene in the actual, uh, you know, uh, right. hardly home, says anything. He yeah. never said a word. Yeah, and it's kind of weird. That was that was, was kind of strange. But I again, Laura Winnie, yeah, 
I don't think she's going to break stride in the middle of passion for that. She could wait 12 and a half minutes or however it takes her to finish. And also they made it seem like Olivier Martinez was, do you think they were originally going to cast Olivier Martinez, Ed? But then when they heard about his breath, they're like, let's just find a really good Brazilian, really good looking Brazilian guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we've, we got, we got notes from uh, what's your name. They made it, they made it seem like he was super bummed out that the phone rang a couple times when he was trying to fuck like that would not deter me in the least. Like you're about, you're about to, to score some strange and she takes a, a couple of phone calls from her brother during the sesh. Like I'll hold out for a minute, you know, I'll squeeze the tip. I'll keep it going. No worries. Like take your call. I'm still, I, I came all the way here. I'm drunk from a Christmas party. I'm trying to hit it. Um, and also with their little relationship, Gruber is really trying to pimp her out. Kind of weird. Kind of weird. Like, why is he so interested in her fucking Carl? Yeah, super weird. Has a meeting with her about it. <laughs> Very strange. Um, the the uh, other thing I I think we we see a funeral service going on within this time period. So five weeks to Christmas, I guess that's when it happened. Yeah. And by four weeks to Christmas, the little boy who was on Game of Thrones yeah. is like, yeah, I, I just want to get it in. I want to fuck my classmate. I'm nine. I want to fuck my class. Yeah. And also at that at that funeral, um, they carried they carried the, the uh, coffin out like through like like in a champion's chair, like in a mosh. They're like, hey, let's just. <laughs> Like like oh, yeah. everyone everyone's a Paul Bear. Yeah, it was like the, it was like that Congolese meme. Like, what is yes. what was going? Right. That was so weird. I n- I've never yeah. seen that before. While the Bay City Rollers are playing, right? So strange. So, so our guy Thomas Brody Sangster, um, British actor, plays Jojen Reed in Game of Thrones. Determined so ten the, minutes ago. Yes. But no, the reason why I just found out the reason why I wasn't familiar with him from that is because. He was in the most boring plot line of the entire series. You remember when that uh, kid and his sister were in charge of carrying Bran everywhere, and they just took him yes. from above yep. the wall to below the yep. wall? And I think that's why I bailed on the show. Yeah, I, I, I fell asleep every time there was a scene like that. I, I fast-forwarded no, that. Bran so sucked, and he, and he did nothing. <laughs> And then at the end, he got to yeah. be the fucking in charge of everything. Yeah, brand the broke. Th- and I think it's because of alliteration. They really like the the uh, the marketing value of brand the broken. Right. It sounds great. Yeah, he's going to run the world now. Brand the broken. Worst character at the show. At least give it to the midge, the little person, it's P- Peter Dinklage. <laughs> I- midge. <laughs> I like. Uh- when anytime uh, Billy Mack is interviewed, he just goes off the rails when he says uh, right. when he talks about fucking Britney Spears. And then he says oh, she's right. great. And they're like, is that real? And he goes, nah, she was rubbish. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, he was. Oh, he he's was on great. like TRL. He's like 70 and he's on TRL yeah. pimping his Christmas album. It's great. It's kind of like what John Bon Jovi's probably doing in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> and, and I don't Billy know Bob this- tries to. Billy Bob tries to to nail the uh, assistant. I mean, can you blame him? Sure. Yeah. He, he talks about it. He's like, 
Yeah, we, we don't, I left the wife at home. No problems here. <laughs> right. That's part of the movie that I, I feel bad about. Um, she has a a momentary uh, thing with the president of the United but States. But you can tell like, she's not into it. She, she didn't want it. No, no, no. She was definitely affected and and wasn't into it. Um, it was obviously something inappropriate. Okay. And, and then all she, he did was get tea. It, she, he wasn't gone that long. Right. But but my problem is is that the way they wrote this whole thing out was like Hugh Grant is is falling for her and he can't have her near him. So he has her uh, displaced or put somewhere else in the administration or something like that. Right now, she thinks the entire time that she got fired or moved because she was inappropriate with the president. They, they let her think that for the entire time. Yeah. Bad boss. I never, I never, yeah. just never sat well with me because she acknowledged that in the Christmas card to Hugh Grant. I'm sorry that that happened. And I feel bad that she took ownership of that. Slut it shaming. That, it's slut right, shaming. And she wasn't lawsuit. even being slutty. But that would be a loss. Absolutely. It's, I don't know and how the, the system. Of, they kept calling her fat. They kept yeah, uh, they like the, her coworkers and mm-hmm. her family mm-hmm. kept calling her fat. Yep. And then uh, and also Hugh Grant at one point he's he's sorting his life out and he starts talking to the Margaret Thatcher painting. Weird. <laughs> Weird. Margaret Thatcher would not give you good love no. advice. First and, of all, yeah. I think we should kill all the poors and brown people. <laughs> I, th- I like the way that they had him call her a saucy mix. Yeah, that like was kind of weird. That was kind of weird. Of what she is. And so, and then the the other love story is Firth is in Portugal, and he's there for two weeks, and he gets Insane. a maid that's there around the clock every day. She's there every day, and yes, she's attractive, right? Like you, yes, you could definitely. get what attracts him to her. And, but they can't really communicate that well because she doesn't speak English and he doesn't speak speak Portuguese. But then he r- runs back to her, goes to her, takes her family to her job, and proposes marriage to her. It's it's more insane than Bachelor in Paradise, where they just <laughs> are told they need to get engaged and then they just all decide to get engaged. Like how how about like. We have a relationship, a courting. Like, we have to just jump right into a marriage proposal out of nowhere? And she says yes? Yeah, that's like an Elvis movie. You don't get married after the first kiss. Come on. You guys can't you can't put a clock on love. That's 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 the sentiment here. Now, I I will say this, that her sister, the Portuguese sister, fat shamed a couple of times. Um, And I did. It's a laugh out loud moment when uh, when he shows up at her at her place and the dad thinks it's the uh, the bigger sister, and he's like, "Hey, you're getting married." And um, and what did he say? It was something about, um, "I will pay you to take my daughter." There was a great line by the by the father at that point. But I will say this: the Portuguese is and the drumming um, has always been a sticking point for me too. I, right. If you, you if can't you follow, learn drumming. Yeah. If you follow the timeline of the movie. It looks as though somebody could learn drumming enough to play at a talent show in about 10 days and to learn enough Portuguese to speak to a family and, and propose in Portuguese in about seven days. Well, he was doing like the crash. He was like going to the Berlitz school. Right. He That's was. more believable than the drumming. A little. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But they're both a little bit unbelievable. And one of the final scenes 
is they're at the kids' Christmas special uh, show. Are we supposed to believe they have a school event on Christmas Eve night? It's crazy. <laughs> well, yes. Much well, like goodbye, we're not going there. Much like the Christmas party at Nakatomi Towers. That's true on Christmas on Eve. Christmas Eve. Like who has their who has their work Christmas party on Christmas Eve? You're usually trying to book one of the previous Saturdays. You know, you're trying to you're trying to book out Dave and Buster's. So you can have your work Christmas party. You're not having it on Christmas Eve when people are supposed to be with their families. What like what a horrible company you are. Slave drivers, really. Um, my this is this is the thing that drove me crazy. The, the, the British guy realizes he can get pussy with his accent if he goes to the States. And that is true. <laughs> but I need to know because the guy is not a handsome dude. He's not a real. Yeah, he's very goofy looking. How many points on the hotness scale does having an accent get you? Because he comes to the states, he gets off the, he gets lands at Newark Airport, he heads to no, some. He's, he's in Milwaukee. Oh, Milwaukee flies to Milwaukee. Why would he fly to Milwaukee? But that was the thing. That's it's not that he joke. went to New York City. Yeah. He went to Milwaukee. Oh, because no, that's that, – yeah. That, that's a part of the joke, right, Brian? Like yeah. the, uh, obviously, maybe it was a part that they edited out or something. It was probably like the cheapest ticket because he told his uh, his black friend, he's like, I'm going to this, this city in America or this place in, in America called Wisconsin. Right. And then – then they show him arriving at the mill. This well, whole that, thing that, was obviously an exaggeration, but I think it's very funny just the way they wrote his character. I that think guy a, is very funny. Yeah. And then he, get, he gets into – Susie lands in Milwaukee. They're playing Smooth by Santana, which Damn. made it funny. Banger. So I guess if you're a, if you're a British four, right, and, and then you fly across the pond, your accent he, makes you a Milwaukee nine. Because he immediately fucks Alicia Cuthbert, January Jones, and that other chick in and, the same time. And Harriet, who's the real hot one. So technically, he has a fivesome <laughs> on his and first Harriet, night. Is Harriet Shannon Elizabeth? Is that who we're supposed to guess? Is that who it is? Yes. Yeah. And by the way, um, if you ever, if, you, if you've ever uttered the question, how come Shannon Elizabeth never got much work after American Pie? Because well, she's a bad if, actress. You, you should look at the uh, two lines that she had, or maybe even one line that she has in this one movie, and then you'll be like, oh, that's why she never got work. That, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, she busted out those huge plants in American Pie <laughs> while she was playing Veronica, the Bulgarian exchange student, or whatever. But she, was, she was like the hottest thing going for about oh, eight yeah. months. Was she? She was dancing for my oh, uh, Twitter follower, Jason Biggs. Right. Oh. <laughs> yeah, with those big, with big, those big plants. Me. Um, I think we're, we're skirting around the most important question, this whole thing. Did Hans Gruber really give his wife a $10 CD yeah, for Christmas? That's crazy. Oh. Could it like make it anything else? Just because oh, it has man. to be that same size box. I mean, that's a, that's a very cheap gift. And also you can tell the difference between like as soon as she picked that up, she knew it wasn't a box with a necklace in it. It's a, it's a CD. It's much heavier. It's and much more firm. It bears right. repeating. Yeah. It bears repeating that if uh the exact opposite end of the spectrum from Shannon Elizabeth's acting ability, I encourage people to look at the scene where she realizes the necklace wasn't for yeah. her. 
that the next like four or five minutes is like some of the best acting you're ever going to see just fit into this kind of like fun Christmas movie with a lot of layers, but she does an amazing job in that scene. Yeah, that, that was incredible. It was kind of a fog necklace. Let's be honest. It was like a, like a beetle yeah. or something with a Ruby, like yeah, one and, Ruby and, in and it. Mr. Bean was giving him like a triple wrapping paper job. Yeah. He had to put Holly in the thing. <laughs> Rowan Atkinson was there. Like it was, by, yeah. By the way, they had that guy. Um, he, he was, um, do you think he knowingly was a distraction to the t- to the airline person to let the kid get through? Um, yes. Yeah. About? Yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Um, what else? Is there anything else we need to discuss? Um, I I did some uh, – I went down a rabbit hole when they're at the uh, school musical and the boys – drumming while the uh the cute girl the, like the love interest for him is yeah. singing and the teacher now the, the girl like i i didn't see her turn into like okay. some star or something but the teacher who runs the program i was like yeah. i know that guy he is the breaking bad partner who gets rich in the beginning he's only in like the first episode and the last episode but he's the guy that leaves Walter White behind. Remember, he has like friends that he was partners oh, with, and they got right. rich. And he became a teacher. Was yes. that guy? Yes, guy who was like on Charlie Rose eventually, and he—that was him. He goes to his he's house, and he's got the real yeah. sweet house. Yeah, it's that guy. He's a great British character actor. He's actually he shows up a lot, and and uh, I think he was in. He had a, 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 a part in Homeland. I want to say. But no, yeah, that guy's and he he was only in this movie for about two minutes. Yeah, it's true. And also the the Portuguese girl there when he goes to find her. First of all, he shows up at his his family Christmas party and he looks around at his shitty family. And one of the people there is his brother that fucked his girlfriend right. to, to kick off the movie. And it's like, yeah, I'm not staying here. And he turns around. <laughs> but I assumed he was going to Portugal but then she's got like an Eastern European seeming family. Right. And he goes to Provence, which is in France. France. Yeah. So who are those? It was just a weird mix. That's right. That's right. It was. It was kind of weird. Um, what else? You want some trivia? The cla- the cast includes three Oscar winners, Colin Firth, Dame Emma Thompson and Billy Bob Thornton and four Oscar nominees. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Didn't you tell him? Uh, maybe. Uh, Kira Knightley, Chiwetel Ejiofor, and Laura Linney. Laura Linney's won an Oscar, hasn't she? Yes. And, yeah. and no. Ejiofor won for, t- for 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. Yep, he did. Um, Chris Marshall returned his paycheck for the scene where the three American girls undress him. He said he had such a great time having three girls undress him for 21 takes that he was willing to do it for free and then thus returned his check for that. Amazing. Which is funny, except the sad part is he's like one of the only people in the cast that doesn't work. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, when casting the part of Sarah, writer and director Richard Curtis auditioned a great many British girls, but kept saying, I want someone like Laura Linney. The casting director eventually snapped and said, oh, for fuck's sake, get Laura Linney then. Linney then auditioned and got the part. 
the airport greeting footage at the beginning of this movie is real. Writer and director Richard Curtis had a team of cameramen film at Heathrow Airport for a week. And whenever they saw something they would fit in, that would fit in, they asked the people involved for permission on the use of footage. Uh, by the way, I have this note. The father, when he's shaming the sister of the maid, he calls her Miss Dunkin' Donut 2003. Wow. So fucked up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, there's a lot of fat jokes about a lot of fat people here. There, um, the, the, the manager gets the fat jokes, the manager yeah, of the, yeah. uh, the rock star. Yep. Um, and then at the airport, yeah. yeah, we talked about the whole security issues with 9-11. They at least would have tased the kid. Of course, of course. Like, I'm not saying they would have shot them because they're in they're in London, but they would have tased him or batoned him. Absolutely, 100. percent Or chokehold. I mean, he up. was white, so well, there's yeah, that. That's why I think a tase. Yeah. Um, oh, I I noticed this. The lake in which Lucia and Colin Firth are swimming was actually only 18 inches deep, and they had to kneel down and pretend to be in deeper water. It was also overrun by mosquitoes, and Colin Firth was badly bitten, and his elbow swelled up to the size of an avocado, requiring medical attention. When they dove in, I'm like, you're going to break your neck. That lake's three feet deep at the most. Yes, it was shallow. And that that's one of the parts of this movie where, like, you know, that's one of the more memorable parts is when she removes the uh, the paper uh, weight and his entire novel gets blown into the lake or whatever. Um, it's so funny that they had her uh, taking at least a minute to take off all of her clothes in a seductive way. Right. Before diving into the water. At that point, every single salvageable piece of water was already completely drenched. But they had to do the seductive minute long well, taking off of all the clothes yes well think about it from her perspective <laughs> i'm a maid at like a random house for two weeks i need a better paycheck than this so let me get it all out show off the tramp stamp see if this guy is, <laughs> is biting i mean the stamp was out there and it made me kind of like are we due for a return of the tramp stamp you never see it anymore no, it's been shamed. It's I been mean, it's a pejorative term. Yeah, it's been shamed out of the culture. And like she goes in there and look, her tramp stamp was legitimately it was bad tattoo work. But still, <laughs> like it was kind of hot. It accented. Yeah, I mean, it definitely put her in a different light because they dress her like a maid until that scene. Right. Exactly. Yeah, they had to. Yeah, they had to. They had to give her the Rachel Lee cook. Yeah, they've they've her up as good as they could. Right. Um, the idea for Mark Andrew Lincoln's surprise of the band singing "All You Need Is Love" at Chiwetel Ejiofor's and Juliet's wedding came from Jim Henson's funeral. Which yes. writer and director? They, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's not easy being green. They had Kermit come out and sing his song. Where all of the puppeteers brought their Muppets and sang a song. I don't know, guys. Well, I had to do a presentation on Jim Henson a long time ago, so that's why I know it. I actually saw that thing. Pretty, pretty awkward. I feel like that would be a little awkward. By the way, did um, that was actually Claudia Schiffer, right? Over yes. at that met him. Was she supposed to be her as playing herself, or yes. was she 
Yes. A, a, a mom in the neighborhood that looks like. Oh, I thought she was supposed to be a mom that looks like her oh. because they, they he mentions Claudia. Right. Schiffer, a couple times. Yeah. And then does he, he mention been like, hey, you're Claudia Schiffer and he doesn't do that. Yeah, does he mention no. Claudia Schiffer or does he yeah. mention Claudia Schiffer? <laughs> because Sue's giving her a different name. Because if he had tomato, tomato, tomato. Because if he had mentioned Claudia Schiffer, I mean, it might have been it might have been confusing. Oh yeah, this is this is like Bizarro S- Superman. Like that was the, the alternate Claudia. Do you think that uh, Liam Neeson he wears that cowl neck sweater the whole time as homage to his giant uncut penis, where he's like. <laughs> Where he's like, people know that I have this huge dick. Everybody knows about it. What if I wore a garment that looked like my foreskin around me to remind people that, yes, in fact, I am Lisa ne- Liam Neeson and I have the biggest cock in Hollywood? <laughs> and there's a lot of roll neck sweaters in this movie. There Firth are. Firth is wearing one, too. Yeah, it was uh, very of a time. Um, uh, I, I didn't know Liam Neeson was known as like the Steve Sachs of British. Oh, actors. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a regular Dave Letterman. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to Claudia Schiffer or Schiffer. Schiffer. Uh, um, I, I did think about the fact that there's always that as you're heading into middle school, like that one kid's got her for a mom. There's always that kid that like the mom is the one that all the, all the other kids are thinking about. Yes. And thinking yeah, oh, about it, sure. and and obviously bringing up like in the locker room, like we used oh, to yeah. give we used to give shit to the the kid with the hot mom, and then they later started calling them milfs. And yes, yes. Hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. My phone is ringing. The penis connoisseur, I believe, is on the phone. I didn't think this would happen. Penis connoisseur, is this you? This is me, the one and only. Do you mind if I call you TPC? Nope. Uh, you can call me whatever you'd like to call me. Well, say, say hi to Whoa. Ed Daly, you know, right? Yes. You're Hello, Ed. And are you, also, are, you? You, are you also familiar with a regular contributor to the show, Jason Stewart, because he also joins us now? Oh, hello, Jason. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar. I hear you're a great oh, actor. Oh, that's right. Have you, have you heard, listened to his, um, his Inside the Actors Stew Dio? I'm not sure what episode yeah. it is, but it's fantastic. Uh, okay, so let's recap for the, for the listeners. You called in or emailed, I can't remember which one time to, to, Oh, cause you wanted to comment on, Oh, cause we got, we got, uh, John Lennon's dick wrong. You thought, I believe Jason yeah, was that here was, for that. That was one of it. It was, uh, I, well, I called in because you were giving people a hard time for, I mean, you weren't, I'm exaggerating, but about paying for only fans, which you're like, why would you pay for porn? And I said, I told you a story of the time that I paid for only fans because there was a guy that I had been following on Instagram and, you, and uh, oh. he was on his girlfriend's OnlyFans, and I paid $20 a month for several months wow. because I wanted to see this guy naked. Unbelievable. Uh, yes. So I recall that. Wow. But then, but then more recently, you reached out to us. because Oh, it was the – uh, you reviewed – you came on and reviewed Captain America's dick pics, right? Um, mm-hmm. You asked me for my opinion on that. What's that guy's name? Chris Edwards. Uh, Chris Pat. Chris Pat. Evans. Chris Evans. No. Evans. Chris Evans. So Chris you came Evans. on to review that. But then you did a thing, and I wasn't sure. Very, how was... very nice. Dick. Yeah, you like that one. Uh, then you came on and you were like, hey, I 
am the, the one girl in the world that enjoys getting dick pics. Listeners, send us your dick pics. I want to see them. I will review them on the air. I will, I will give you my honest opinion. And I didn't know how that was going to go. Right, because it seems that every guy in the world wants to send people dick pics and nobody ever wants to get them. And I'm like, I'll take all the dick pics. Like, send them to me. I'll be the, you know, I'll be the dick pic hub here. That's right. And so how has that gone? It's, it's my understanding that you now have received I received my first contributor. One, yeah, I did. One of our listeners. And now did the listener tell you who they were? Would they be known to us? Or have they, they requested did, to stay anonymous? They they did. They are anonymous. Their their email is anonymous. They did not give their name. Um, he did um, give me a watermark of PBLS, so he gave you guys a shout out oh, right that, next to his, right next to his dick. So that's what I said. Like if you're going to send me a dick pig, you've got to water pick it, or you got to like water right. whatever. It's like what they do water on Reddit. Pick. It's like what they do on Reddit, where they're like, "Hey, this is really I'm a real person," and they put like it's like it's like having your picture taken with that day's newspaper. Exactly. I want to know that it's really your junk that I'm that I'm reviewing. Right. So and now Ed, we talked about this last week or the week before. Ed thinks that we should be involved in the dongings. But did did this listener, did he give you only you permission to you to view the dong or is he open to sharing the dong with the, the hosts of the show? Well, I I didn't ask him that. But to be honest, I. For his privacy, I, I wouldn't share it with you guys. Sure. Um, I did I did ask him for permission if he wants me to give him a review via email or if I could give it over the, the show. On the air. And he said, he said I can give it on the air. So I got his permission to do that. Okay. Then we have to be able to see it. Uh, well, I mean, no, the whole point, the whole point is that I'm going to tell you and you don't have to look at it. Right. But maybe the next, maybe the next, we can put a caveat in there that if the, if they want to, this wanted, is a comedy show, and two heterosexual guys reviewing a penis is the comedy part. Yeah, but I just, oh. I just wonder if it would. Uh, I wouldn't wonder if it would. I mean, we so far there's only been one submission to the connoisseur, so if I, if I could, that uh, might have gone down to zero. If I could give my uh, well-trained opinion as somebody with uh, 25 years in the uh, radio industry, um, I think it's best that she does it. And you don't see it, and everyone just goes based on her on her judgment. The part of this that's intriguing is that you have you have a female on your show that's willing to look at dick pics, and nobody else, no other women admits to loving dick pics. That's that's a that's that's a great character on your show. But I don't I don't think that most people are like you guys. I think you right. guys are curious and you're comfortable in your skin and your sexuality and you want to see a hard dick. Well, easy, I easy. Ninety eight percent of your listeners don't. Yeah, yeah I would agree. Right. And, in, and if you guys oh, wanted to get the dick pics, you could ask them for the submission. That's true. That's true. That'd be kind of weird. Them, you know? that could, that'd be, be kind of weird. I could go either way. If if the listener want to submit their dongs to the connoisseur for review and the listener is like, Hey, you know, show this to Ed, then I'm fine with that. But if the listener like only wants to show their dong to the connoisseur, I'm, I'm happy to get the connoisseur's review because I think it's an interesting bit. I didn't, I didn't think you'd get any. So the fact that you've gotten one is really impressive. And I just don't think you would get, if, if they knew you were going to share them with us, they might be even less willing Exactly. Yeah, I think I'm going to get a more interesting picture yeah. if it's if they yeah. know it's just going to a female, then it's going to go to right. male eyes as well. Uh, but I'll, I'll say this, you know, maybe more men would be inclined to share it with you guys if 
Ed was willing to share his with me. No, I don't want to so see maybe, that. I don't want to see that. <laughs> well, I didn't say you had to see oh, okay. it, but Ed could send right. me his dick pic, oh. and then maybe, you know, right. then you can, they're not going to agree to show him all the could, other guys. You could proffer a review of that. So tell us about the dong. This you is, too, Jason Stewart. This, you too, Beckner. <laughs> this is, I'm good. So... <laughs> Tell us about the dong. What dong was revealed to you? How did this go? Take us through it. So I got an email and he said, well, since you asked nicely and, um, and I opened it up and he's, it's, it looks like he's standing in a shower. Wow. Uh, I can see his feet. He's no, no clothes. That's it's, a problem. It's definitely, it's definitely point of view from his point of view. Yep. Um, he's got his hands next to it, I guess, for scale. Good, good move. And it's, it's, uh, I'd say, you know, at a full erection. Yeah. Whoa. Which I appreciate. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. And what's, take take us through the, d- describe the dick to us, please, since we can't see it ourselves. Well, um, he's, he's doing the thing where you, it's a nice dick. I'm the first, I gotta say that, it's a nice dick. He's doing the thing where he shaved the pubes to make it look bigger. You know, that old trick. Right. Um, it's not, it's not the longest one in the world, but it is, um, it's a great color. It's uh, nicely proportionate, um, good shape, not too skinny for the length. That yeah. you know, it's got. It's not the longest, but it's definitely got a good girth to it. Right. Which is Would you nice say head. if you if you laid out all the dongs in the world with the mm-hmm. with the very smallest dong on the left hand side of the scale, and the very largest dong? Take for instance Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa on the, <laughs> on, on the far right. Defoe Thank- is near Khalifa. Yeah, he's up there. Thank you guys for introducing me to that one because I hadn't seen it yet. And based on Ed's reaction when yes. he looked it up online, I said I have to go check this out. It's, it's, <laughs> it's shocking to say the least. It's, it's, it, it doesn't seem possible. It's yeah. It's, it doesn't seem possible. I agree. I it's agree. not. You couldn't even do a camera trick and make it seem that. Giant. No, yeah, this is like yeah. a garden hose. Right, just kept going. I mean, it looked like a it was like a Dirk Diggler, the end of uh, Boogie Night situation where it's the Photoshop. Right. Copy. Where would you say this dong that was submitted to you? Where would you say it falls on the scale? Would it be on the middle line of dongs where the most average penis in the world is the middle? Would it be to the right or to the left? Well, of the it's line? hard to say because how would you? How would you do? Because if we're talking length, I'm going to say it's right in the middle, yeah. maybe maybe a little bit to the left. Sorry, he in, really wants me to say he's one to the right, but i got to be honest here. Yeah. I'd say it's probably one to the left as far as length goes. But if we're talking girth yes. and Pretty proportion yeah. and aesthetic appearance, I mean, I'd say he's definitely one or two to the right. Wow. But the fact that somebody's sending it, of course it's a great dick. Nope, no, I mean, no it's guy's nice. gonna send his subpar dick. But right? I don't. I don't think she's saying it's. I think she's. I wouldn't say she's describing it as being a great dick. I think she's saying it's. It's right, a solid a good, dick. It, it, it's. A, it's a good. You wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't. You wouldn't send a bad dick. Oh, I. I just. <laughs> it's not. I'm saying it's. I'm not saying it's the biggest. It's the biggest one that I've ever seen in my life. It's definitely not. It's like right in the middle average scale. But I'm yeah. saying it's a nice looking dick it's, for the size, for the length that it is. It's it's a good looking dick. You know, there's nothing weird about it. Yeah. It's not too skinny. You know, it's got good proportion. The I, head to shaft ratio is nice. I would say, Ed, that there's probably a more of a market for people that want to be shamed for their less than I don't know I adequate. Just, I'd like to see it. I'd like I, to see it. 
Well, I look at this. The, I look. I look at this the other way. Yeah. I've got two things for the TPC here, oh, okay. and maybe you guys, maybe you guys could weigh in on this. Um, mm-hmm. I think. I think that typically speaking, uh, each each guy lives in a, it lives in a bubble when it comes to his penis, right? Because he has been around people that seemingly love him or like him, and have been telling him he's got a nice dick. Like you know. Rarely, no matter how conniving or, or mean spirited a woman is, rarely are they going to tell you you have an ugly dick. Unless you so don't, not in, unless not you divorce them. Yeah, not until they break up. Right. Because I've found that you you have a very nice dick until you divorce a person, and then you have a, it turns out you have a very small dick, not in fact one to the right. So the, but that's yeah, only that's, my that's personal my thing experience. Is I can yeah. be the I can be the unbiased right, right. Uh, objective now um how about this question and um this always seemed like a zero-sum game to me I'll, you guys tell me what you think um shaving the pubes does show a little bit more um maybe it shows a little bit more length with the penis but it's kind of counteracted by the uh by the pubic blubber you know, the, it's a really good the, point. The most of us guys get as we get older. Yep. It's always kind of a, a, a shifty thing. I don't know if it makes any difference. I, I have always said that I, I want to be considered one to the right. But I have always said if I drop 25 pounds, I could be several to the right because I have a fat cap above the base of my dick that that subtracts at least an inch. As far as I'm concerned, I am not built like Olivier Martinez. Again, I would like to see that wow. picture. That's not happening. That's not. That's not going to be allowed. Um, okay. Well, uh, so I guess in, if this if this listener, whoever he is, cares uh-huh. to share his dong with us, he could do so at mail mailbag at theballerlifestyle dot com. But if he doesn't, I'm fine with the dongs going to the penis expert. What is your What is your Is that your Gmail? The penis expert at Gmail. The penis expert at Yahoo. Yahoo. Penis expert at yahoo.com for new submissions because I think this one, I think this guy did, sounds like this guy did himself proud. I don't think this guy has anything to be embarrassed about. Yeah. By the way, I'm going to send it to the penis expert at Yahoo and then I'm also going to send it to the penis expert at Google and get both of your impressions and see. Oh, which, okay. Which one is best? Because you think there's two. You think there's multiple <laughs> penis experts. Obviously, try Google first. Right? <laughs> Gmail. Uh, I have to. I have an addendum to this uh, to this story. So Uh-oh. he he was my first my first submission. I appreciated it. You know, I told him I'll always be my favorite. You always remember the first one fondly. Sounds like a love um, connection. It's not, oh. but he seems like a very nice guy. Apparently, it was for him because I then also received the other day a video. Whoa. And so in the video, it's, um, I won't go into great detail, but you can imagine it's his penis again and a little, little pleasuring of himself. Wow. Very lovely to see. Yeah. It's a little, a little more well endowed, but I will say, I don't need the videos guys. I appreciate you thinking of me. Um, you know, the dick pics are for to be uh, reviewed, but you know, I don't, I don't know, need so much of the videos to, uh, to, to maybe, gauge the size. Maybe the connoisseur like got a little bit more than she bargained for, is what it sounds like. I did, and, mm-hmm. I, and you know, yeah, I appreciate this, it. Yeah, fair enough. The, the, sub, the subject, whoever, whoever submitted the penis, yeah. um, I think he has over assumed a little bit. He's become a little presumptive that yeah. 
because <laughs> she because she wants to and analyze my dick for a podcast. She also wants to take it to the next level and watch me finishing myself off. Yeah, that's a lot. And at some point, maybe this will lead to something. That's, that's I, I mean, I get like. it. It's yeah. quarantine. It's COVID. Nobody can leave the house. We're all stressed out. You need some excitement and some but entertainment. This, I get it. I'm empathetic with it. But yeah. I'm just saying in the future for everybody, I don't need to continue to keep getting the videos and the pictures. No videos, just pictures. <laughs> yes. Ed, you had a question. Oh, no, I was just going to say, hearing that the the guy followed up with a video makes me so happy that I don't have <laughs> that um, that chip in yeah. me that, like, you know, I'm not interested in doing this because, like, this is clearly a thing now. The, the fact that he needed somebody to see beyond what was asked for, this means, like, he's got a compulsion. Well, that was... He has to show it off. But I think that, that was the original connoisseur voicemail was I think that was her hypothesis where she's like you guys don't realize how many people want to show their dicks to women and and talk about them and right. have them talk right. about and like especially to women that aren't they're not married or in a relationship right like, well I hope show me your dick and I'll talk about it wow I hope you get more yeah the, the penis expert at yahoo.com send your send penis your, expert, me yeah. CC me. Send, I, I'd like to see. CC, I like I like seeing what's out there. CC Ed Daly, if you if you care to for him to see your dong, he'd like to see it. And if you just send it to mailbag at theballerlifestyle dot com, I will forward your dongs to Ed Daly. I promise. But uh, again, I don't want to disparage the guy for the video because you know I do like those kind of videos. I just want to make sure this doesn't become a usual thing. Huge. But I give this guy mad credit and mad respect. Huge first one to step up. Totally. And um, and, to- and I appreciate his. Absolutely. I do too as well. Whoever you are, listener, first patient zero in the dong. Patient zero. Right. Penis connoisseur. Right. (laughs) Of the dong, the penis expert email bit. Um, Just sounds to me. No more jerk off video, guys. By her description, it sounds to me that maybe he's more uh, patient four and a half. (laughs) Oh. Hi, Jason, you're pretty, you're pretty um, perceptive. <laughs> Jason, Apparently, I gave a pretty precise review. Jason, the only way that could have been better is if you had said that you had just gotten an email <laughs> about <laughs> about the email submission. Uh, okay. I am Jenna Jameson. <laughs> right. Uh, well, well, thank you, penis connoisseur. I hope you get many, many more dong pictures and no more jerk off videos, guys. Um, yeah, that's disgusting. Yes, yeah, calm down, you animal. Yes, <laughs> no, but, but <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate that whoever this listener is for being the first guy to step 100%. out there and and share himself. And I hope there are many, many more. Although I'm not, you know, I'm just not certain that it's, I'm still not convinced. And guys, I promise you, unless you give me permission, I will not share your pics with any of these guys. Right. FYI. That has to be that has to be the caveat there, of course. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I say we wrap it up there. Um, All right. Well, thank you, guys. It's, hey, penis connoisseur, have you ever seen the movie Love Actually? Do you do you love it? And do you, as a lover, as a it sounds like a very romantic person, do you find oh, yourself getting a little aroused when watching Love Actually? No. Oh, but do women do right? You've seen Love Actually. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's nothing, nothing in that movie is around Oh, uh, okay. Fair enough. I like the movie Shame. Oh, with, with Michael Fassbender? He's got a huge yep. dick. 
Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's a big one. That's a, he's he's made a great movie. Fascinating movie by the director of Twelve Years a Slave, which that's the second time in this podcast that that, that movie has been mentioned. Steve McQueen. Yeah, yep. great yep. movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. My my watch is tonight. Actually. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right. For the penis connoisseur, for Ed Daly, for Jason Stewart, for the guy from The Walking Dead, for Olivier Martinez. My name is Brian Beckner. This has been episode 351 of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We will see you next week. Lifestyles baller podcast getting bigger and not smaller. Broadcasting weekly, that's what we do with Easy Ed Daily and the man Jay Stew and Brian Beckner. Quick to dissect the week in sports and culture and whatever. Plus, us conductors, my brothers, reviewing some movies and shows and the others. Top podcast, man, no one is above us. Five star, even the haters will love us. And we're not trying to talk politics a lot. We'd much rather talk about dicks a lot. Shit's so hot, man, you know the shit's on top. Top podcast, man, it really hits the spot. Listen up, you players and shot callers, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is so flawless, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. Listen up, you players and shot callers, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is for all us, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.